Hello, and thank you for tuning into Invisible Not Broken this week. Today, I got to interview Vanessa, who lives in Australia. She's also a children's book writer. So this was a technology plus episode. We met on Instagram, and we got to conduct our interview from Skype. So that was amazing. One of my first times trying that out. Be sure to check out the Invisible Not Broken blog for a link to Vanessa's book. Vanessa has Sjogren's colitis, type 1 diabetes, hypothyroid, and vitiligo. I am so sorry for any of those I mispronounced. We talked about an issue that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, which is depression and chronic illness, and how you can almost have two at the same time with like being cheerful and depressed, and how difficult that can be. And it was a topic I've been wanting to chat about for a while, because I know that there's a lot of us who can put on a really happy face and be feeling a lot underneath that. We also talked about social media and depression and how that can sometimes help you feel a little less alone. She is from Australia, so we did get to talk about the Australian perspective on the American healthcare, how it's different over there, and what everyone's thinking around the world about the opioid epidemic and how it's affecting other countries as well. One of my favorite parts of this interview was true romance and card planning. This really shows you how in marriage romance changes. So this was one of the sweetest things I've ever heard. Please listen all the way through for that. We also have another topic that I love to chat with because I'm dealing with it too, which is parenting and tips for the chronically ill. One of the big things is communication, family planning, and more chores for children. I'm so sorry to all the kids who are listening. I totally advocate for more chores for kids. And also one of the very interesting parts of this when you have multiple disorders is food planning and how that is the ultimate balancing act. That comes up pretty quick, so listen for that. Thank you so much. Please share with friends and family, and I hope you enjoy listening to Vanessa as much as I enjoy talking to her. Weeks and weeks of talking on Instagram, we finally... <laughs> I know. This is just so awesome. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm a kid in a candy shop. Like I am so embarrassing with anything new I get like really excited you know like um technology or like when we've been to the states and we've gone you know in a supermarket it's like I just am so embarrassing because <laughs> I guess <laughs> no it's like I'm the same way about technology and like bringing it totally back to invisible illness like Technology is so freeing for anyone with invisible illness. Like, I'm yes. able to chat with you today, even though I have, like, dislocated rib and hip and all sorts of stuff, but we still get to have the interview. So I'm so psyched about technology. I know. I know. I was wondering if you were going to be in too much pain. Um, I have really good drugs. Yeah. And I can do yes. super cheerful all the way through pain. ex yes. I can smile through anything. I know. That is just <laughs> completely... <laughs> It's a little crazy. It creeps my husband out. But we are live on the air, so I just want to know your name, what you have, and then we'll just go right back to chatting. Yes, excellent. All right, so um, Vanessa Jean Locke. Um, I don't really use the Jean so much except for in my writing work. That's my sort of writing name, Vanessa Jean. And we're going to totally um, plug your children's books. They're adorable. I'm going to put links yeah. everywhere to them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. And yours is on your way, on the way to you. So yeah, it'll, it'll surprise your letterbox soon. Oh, yay. Yes. Um, so yeah, Vanessa, um, my friends call me Ness. And in terms of what I manage, um, so when I was about 11, um, got, or was diagnosed with type 1, diabetes and yeah that was the first thing um we can cover everything going back but yeah just just what I managed type 1 diabetes uh then um hypothyroid uh then ulcerative colitis and most recently um the Sjogren's which mainly just affects my eyes um, yeah, so that is, oh, and, um, vitiligo when, Okay, yeah, I've mean, never heard of that one before. Yeah, well, it's what, um, I mean, not that I did a lot of research on it or anything, but um, that's something, that's what Michael Jackson had. So, you know how he was losing pigment? Oh, okay. Well, 
Because when you say Michael Jackson had, there was a lot there, mental, physical. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, he was, um, I mean, his skin was very patchy. So, but yeah, I mean, it's lucky that I am fair. Uh, You can't really notice it. I mean, I notice it, but yeah, there's certain places on my body where it's just like albino white. Wow. (laughs) So but that doesn't affect me. Yeah, that's that's the least of the you know the issues. That makes you and then on top though. of all that, obviously, yeah, I mean the just the mental health side of things that goes with managing all these things. Do you have a diagnosis so, for mental health? Um, or is it just yeah, stuff that you know notice? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know in my twenties started to get like really anxious and, you know, noticed all these symptoms. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, you know, depression and managing that, uh, which yeah, is really not something that I talk about a lot. Do you um, mind talking about it? Because I'm so curious as I manage depression too. And I'm really curious how you deal with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I w- this would be like the first ever time that I you know, would have talked about it with anybody outside, say, my husband or my therapist. Are you okay talking about it? Because we do have a listenership. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want yeah. to pressure you into anything, but I, I it's also yeah. something I've never right. actually discussed if either. I don't, if I can't answer the question or I don't feel, yeah, that I'm up to answering, I'll just say, I'll pass on that. No worries. Um, and that's completely fine. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually, I've dealt with depression too, and it's not something even with this podcast I've ever discussed. Yes. And it's yeah, such I a mean, private thing, and I, I feel like maybe I should be more open about it because I'm finding more and more people are dealing with it. Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, just through being on Instagram, really, I mean, we can both see that yeah, it's a daily struggle and it doesn't matter whether you've got chronic illness or not. Um, it can be, it's completely part of people's lives and yeah, sort of also working in pharmacy, I can see, yeah, I mean, just the amount of prescriptions that are being dispensed, you know, for, um, anxiety medication, um, you know, bipolar, um, depression, sleeping pills. Yeah. It, you're it in is Australia. Relevant. So do you guys have the same sort of issues that we're dealing with here in the U S with like massive amount of medication? Uh, there are always changes going on here. Um, most currently, uh, I think we were chatting about the other day a little bit that they are tightening down the restrictions on our coding supply. Oh, boy. But you guys, so this is the huge difference is here in the United States, we're having what they are calling the opium epidemic. And they're trying Uh to keep people with chronic pain completely away from it. But you guys can get it over the counter. Yes. Um, Well, at the moment, that's right. Um, Yeah. I mean, we are, it was funny when I, when we went to the States a couple of years ago, I noticed how like even in like cold and flu medications, there's no codeine. You cannot get codeine. You can't get cough syrup. Like you can't get active ingredient cough syrup. Yeah. Right. You you can't. No, no. You have to go to the pharmacist and you have to ask them for, for the active ingredient cough syrup. Yeah. That is absolutely incredible. Um, Isn't it wild? I'm just so curious how it is in other countries. I know. So really, yeah, I mean, that's what it's come to. I mean, it was being, it, well, it is being overused here. I mean, we see it, I see it in the pharmacy every single week. Um, they, the government has tried various things to uh, help minimise the overuse um, and help the pharmacists deal with these patients. But And every patient thinks my use is not going to affect body. They feel that, um, cause you know how addictive it is, right? The so protein. I'm a little different. I've been taking it since I was 16 because my chronic yep. illness is dislocations and, yep. um, fibromyalgia widespread. So I've been in chronic pain for 32 years. Yeah. So I've been so taking you- it for so long and I don't understand anyone taking it for fun. It's not fun. They, they <laughs> it's do. awful. Yeah. People do. They take it. Um, I mean, this is just from my 
perspective, but um, people do take it for things that could be managed with, say, a wheat pack. Um, okay, what, what is that? What is a wheat pack? Oh, like a wheat pack, like a hot, like a hot pack. Oh, okay. You know, say they've got a sore shoulder or, you know, something, they could easily so they're use using like, like Tylenol. Yeah, okay. they could just use like normal. Um, that's baffling you know, to me. Normal, <laughs> With the side yeah. effects that has, that's they do. Baffling. They don't. They don't care about constipation or, um, you know, well, the addictive qualities. We we have to label it. You know, if you are to use it over three days, you are at risk of, you know, getting addicted to it. So anyway, there's always changes. Yeah, there is always changes, and I sort of, I guess, I see it from both sides as a, um, you know, a current worker in the healthcare system, and, you know, somebody with um, chronic illness. Now, with your chronic illnesses, do you also have chronic pain with your illnesses, or is it other symptoms? Yeah. So the pain that is associated with um, what I'm managing, it comes and it goes. There is not. Like I, I don't expect um, to sort of wake up being in pain. The pain would come from either days of if my sugar levels are elevated, that can make me feel um, awful, um, stomach ache, headache, just body ache. The ulcerative colitis, yes, when that flares up. Um, now, what, what are the symptoms for that, in case anyone doesn't know what the, that is? Uh, the ulcerative colitis? Mm-hmm. As in what symptoms? Like, what before? do you experience? What is it, how does it affect you every day? What does it feel like? Ah, uh, okay. So, um, basically, yeah, just in a, in a sort of nutshell, the ulcerative colitis is... I can say it's it's not as bad as Crohn's, whereas Crohn's can go from your mouth, like one end, right to the other end. Oi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can affect, it can ulcerate your entire, you know, um, digestive system. Um, they term ulcerative colitis um, is a little bit more isolated, so basically in just a certain part of the bowel. So the part that I've got it in is called the sigmoid colon. Mm-hmm which is um, basically it's on the left-hand side of your body. If you press below your belly, yeah, that's where the sigmoid colon is. And generally day-to-day, if it's going well and if it's managed, you wouldn't even know that I've got it. I just take my medication. I take um, anti-inflammatories called colicide um, and I take – those morning and night with my food and that basically keeps the you know the inflammation at bay if I am stressed or so anything can trigger a flare-off pretty much um and you're a mom of kids right yeah just like putting perspective on stress (laughs) yes yes um Absolutely, yes. I've got a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son, and they are gorgeous, but, of yeah. course, it's demanding. Yes. Is, Even yeah, the most lovely, demanding. well-behaved child is, is Absolutely. Demanding. Especially yeah, when you're dealing with chronic illness. Yes, for sure. And we have gone through times um, – I'll get back to my symptoms in a minute. But, yeah, we have gone through times where we've had to have family meetings and say, um, look, you guys, you're old enough to, you know, um, get your washing out. Um, I shouldn't need to keep on reminding you because the reminding part, it can be absolutely exhausting. You know, just when you feel like you're talking to a brick wall. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that is exhausting. So, yeah, family meetings have occurred and um, then things can be good for a little while. But, um, yeah, I have had a few burnouts, which, yeah, I mean, we can discuss later. But I would love to yeah. hear how you handle a burnout. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, symptoms-wise with the ulcerative colitis, um, so then if I have a day where, yeah, I'm feeling stressed or, you know, 
hormones or if I take too much on physically, if I have some really busy days and then, yeah, then all of a sudden just um, all the reactions that occur in my body, the adrenaline and everything else, um, all of a sudden, yeah, my tummy swells up, um, the ulcers flare up and it then it's not pretty. I would imagine not pretty is very nice ways to describe not not okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, yeah. So pretty much it's, uh, you know, a gastro, you know, gastro. Like, a bit. My you know, co-host has huge stomach problems and he's I gotten did. very detailed before and wow, that's, that's misery. I did. I listened to that podcast this you did? morning. Oh, isn't he wonderful? I love Kiros. Yes, it was it was great. Yeah, I did. I listened to as much as I could when I was driving the kids. Uh, actually, after I dropped the kids at school. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's probably I mean, best to listen to this podcast when kids aren't in the car. <laughs> Pardon? It's probably best to listen to this podcast without children. I mean, we yeah we swear all the time. I know. I was laughing. I was <laughs> laughing, and I was tearing up. Actually, oh um, yeah, that's the reaction yeah. we expect. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, you get, um, I mean, just pain and, um, you know, diarrhea, you can't, it's, um, pretty uncontrollable. So, and then of course, and then you, you just can't eat. You don't feel like eating. You you can't digest very well. Um, and then you need to go on what's called a low residue, uh, diet, until your body starts to comply. And what a low-residue diet means is it's a little bit similar to a low-fibre diet. It just basically means putting food into your body that can fuel you, but it leaves no residue to irritate your um, bowel. So, yeah. So we're talking um, if you want to eat fruit, you need to peel it. You can't eat any skin. Because that's got residue, that's got fiber. You need to then go back to white bread. You need to go to just salty crackers and white rice. So it's everything they tell you not to eat. Correct. Correct. (laughs) And I tell you how that plays nice with my diabetes. I was just going to say the carbohydrates alone from that just sound like that would put you into insulin shock. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when it gets interesting. So that's why, um, obviously, you don't want to flare up. Flare-ups aren't fun, and I'm just at the end of one now. Um, So just, you know, and I love coffee, and coffee, you know... (laughs) No, that's cruelty. Don't even that. That's that sounds like a horror story. No coffee, no wine is unacceptable. Tell me, tell me about it. Tell no. me about it because um, we are wine drinkers in this house. Um, we love our, you know, Cab Sav and our Shiraz and um, and our coffee. So I just yeah. But the way that I am, I'm very. And I heard you talking about this with your cousin. Yeah. I think that you were, you know, you're healthy people, but yet our bodies have been inflicted with, <laughs> with oh these conditions. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous how healthy and, you know, mindful I am about my whole body and my whole life. Um, but yet the word, you know, sick associates with me so well, it's just ridiculous. Well, because you've been dealing with stuff since you were 11. Yeah. And how do you, so I have a theory about this and I might be proven totally wrong, but I've been sick since I was eight. So you probably heard my cousin's interview then and the fences like seem normal when you're a kid, like you're trying Mm -hmm. to decide what's normal and being sick is what's normal. I almost thought yeah. that was easier for me than someone who just suddenly, like, gets this thrown on them. Yes, I think so. Um, you know, because you wondered, you, and I'm sure you have wondered to yourself, you know, would you be a different person if you didn't have all these conditions? And I wonder that for, you know, I wonder that for myself for maybe a few seconds, and then I just think, well, I am the way that I am, and this has made me, I guess, help me, I'm proud of who 
I am and the qualities that I have and my empathy for other people and I guess yeah maybe I wouldn't have been that way if if I hadn't had you know all these things so I just look at it I I mean I'm a glass half full person yeah I I, my my son calls me relentlessly optimistic Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is not because meant as a compliment when he says it. He's 16, so he tells me it in a, will you please knock this off, mom, way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. My kids are, you know, I'm all about, you know, growth mindset mm-hmm. and um, positivity. And I just, when my kids start to complain about something, I look at them and I, you know, I just pop up another situation in their head or, you know, children in this country can't do this. They don't even have the opportunity to blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, they roll their eyes and they go, here goes mum with her positivity talk again. And I'm like, you bet. <laughs> this is all you are going to get from me. You, you know, um, I'm not into playing the victim. And, you know, work with what you've got. No, I totally hear that. And what I find so funny is, like, I think that us sick people are so good at living two different lives that the the division is so easy. It almost gets uh, schizophrenic in some ways where you can be, like, I have horrible depression, like crippling chronic depression, but I'm also a hopeless optimist. It just depends on when you catch me. (laughs) And I think that there's just something to that. It's a paradox, it is, but it's an survival too. Pardon? It's survival. Like it is. Yep. How how are you going to get through each? Well, you get to go out a lot more than I do. I um, because I've gotten so sick, I had to give up the business that I owned. And I, I yeah, but you know, there's you just said like, well, who would we be? And so I was always moving towards being a professor yeah. or a teacher, and I would never have done this. And then I ran a business because I was too sick to be a teacher. So I was like, if I own my business, I make my own hours. And then I was too sick to do that. So everything kind of led me to doing this. Yes. Yep. You know, you you don't give up. You find you find a way. Um, definitely. I mean, I have tried working. So currently, I work part time, a couple of days a week, and then the rest of the week, you know, I write and. Um, you know, go to appointments. I look after our oh, menagerie. Now I'm of- so how many appointments do you usually have in a week? Uh, it can vary. It it, mm-hmm. it is a roller coaster. It's a I roller just want to bring that up um, because people don't think about how much time we all spend in doctors and hospitals. Yes, yes, That's absolutely. It's a time commitment. I, for sure. <laughs> um, and especially, well, here, I mean, Adelaide is fairly small, but the doctor that I, I've got a favourite doctor that I've had for probably 15, 20 years, and she lives on the other side of the city. And that side of the city is going through major transformation with um, roadworks. So I trust try to collect up all the prescriptions I need before I go visit her because <laughs> it's a couple hours you know, round trip to get to that doctor and, yeah, and then get everything and then come back. But, um, yeah, I mean, appointment-wise, yeah, I've, I see my my general doctor. I've got my eye doctor. Uh, I've got my diabetes specialist mm-hmm. who, yeah, I have an interesting relationship with. <laughs> okay, that, that sounds loaded. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just because, of course, he's all about numbers, 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 mm. numbers, numbers. I was hoping for uh, a juicier story, but... <laughs> pardon? I was hoping for a juicier story the way you said that. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, he's great, and he is he is my cheerleader. He He's actually, he is fabulous, um... And yeah, he get I go into the into his office, and it's you're like you know what's coming. He gets you on the scale, and I always say, well, you can look at the number. I don't need to know. I mean, I have not known my number for <laughs> I don't know over five years. I don't need to know my number. Oh, cheers! I turn my back. I won't look. It doesn't 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 like honestly. It doesn't do me any good. So if you need to write that number down, you do it. You do it silently. <laughs> I don't know um, if you guys he, have the problem over there, but, like, I had been a ballerina, so I did 
decades of anorexia and bulimia. So I'm like, I am not interested in seeing that number ever again. (laughs) No, 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 absolutely. And those numbers can change and they're just not a good reference. No, they change Um, based on when you wear, what you ate that day. Like, I know, if you're hormonal, whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm... Yeah, so, so are you be, like um, two or three appointments a week or one a week or just no, in general? No, I mean, over the course of a month, it might just be maybe one, maybe two. Okay. So it's not – I try to – with my um, – the way that they write scripts here, you know, you can get your um, probably five repeats on most medications. So then you've got six months actually worth of medication. And for your – diabetes do you have a tube or are you on insulin yeah I am um similar to your cousin in that I've got an insulin pump but he taught me so much I thought I understood but no I had no idea that wasn't waterproof yeah well I have just got an upgraded one um here in Australia so you can either buy them so that they are about nine thousand dollars Okay, now just backing up just a touch because here oh. in America we have a very intense healthcare system and we have yeah. mythologies about other countries' healthcare systems. So for you guys, yes. what does this mean as far as your cost? Yes. yes, so what it means, you can take uh, one or two roads um, here in Australia. You can take out uh, what's called private health insurance. Okay. So basically, so you don't get insurance with your job how you do in America. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't work that way here. So we have a public healthcare system and then we have a private healthcare system. The private one, so you would be paying, it depends what you want covered, but you would be paying, you know, upwards of $100, a couple of hundred dollars a month to be then covered. <laughs> I'm sorry, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> wow. Huh. Wow. Yeah. No, that's that's nothing for here. Like we were paying when my husband lost his job, it was close to a thousand dollars a month. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't that, very good insurance. That's crazy. Yeah, sorry, you just gave me like a, a serious jealous heart palpitation. Yeah, I know. I know that we are. I tell myself that we're lucky all the time because I I see these comparisons. So for um, you, do you have the private or do you have the public? And does the public no, only so, cover, like, basics and private would cover the more intensive disorders? Yeah, so what I did, so if you were just, um, if you had diabetes, you did not you did not want to purchase um, the health coverage, then you would decide to either get a loan or you'd save up and you'd buy your pump. Okay, and that's $9,000? Nine thousand. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge being sick tax. Yes. Because that's not something um, you can just say, you know what, I don't need it. Like that's no, that's no. life saving. Pump, pumps are yeah, pumps are fabulous. Um, or you could do what I did and I took out private health insurance. I don't have it all the time because it is um, it's out of reach uh, expense wise for our family at the moment. But I took it out for a year, and basically after that year, then I qualified for uh, pump coverage. There's pump coverage? Pump coverage, yeah, which means that they will cover the cost of a pump. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so, that's such a difference for any family to handle a $9,000. Yes, that's right. And so basically that cost me about the private health for the year and I just covered myself like we didn't do the family because we yeah, we just don't need we were doing it for a particular reason which was for the pump. So that cost me about 1500. And then yeah, after that year had gone by, then yeah. Um I went into my my diabetes um, specialist office and the, you know, the pump had been delivered and then I just get training on the new pump and, um, yeah. And this one, so I'm still, I've only taken delivery of this pump a few weeks ago. So okay. I had to say goodbye to my old pump. I was it emotional? Say, I can imagine it being emotional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was out cause my husband, the day that we did it, my husband, um, took the day off work 
for me and we went out to lunch and then I bolused up my last, you know, insulin dose with this pump and I said, this is the last one. Oh, and it's still keeping you and- alive. <laughs> It was so funny and my husband was giggling and it was just, um, it was really, yeah, it was, I didn't, I didn't realise, I didn't think it would be like that, but, um, because I've gone through it a couple of times with new pumps, but, and then the new pump is actually waterproof. No way. Um, That's so cool. It is to about three metres, I think. That's, I just to be able to not have to take it off for a shower is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, Monica Michelle, can I ask you? You can ask me anything. I wear it in the shower. Where am I gonna? Where what? Where am I gonna hang it if oh. I leave it on? I mean, there's hooks. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I just did a podcast on sex and disability. I think at this point I'm an open book. You can ask yeah. anything. <laughs> So I know people do say that, oh, you can wear it in the shower. And I'm like, when I'm showering, I'm showering. Yeah. I'm used to, I'm used to disconnecting. So I just disconnect it um, and I'm not really a swimmer. So, I mean, it's one of those things that it'd be nice, you know. Yeah. I can, I can jump in the pool and or, or have water splashed on it and know that it's not going to sizzle out because I've had a pump sizzle out in summer before and it malfunctioned. <laughs> so what happens Sorry. when it malfunctions? Um, basically it got, um, it just got wet. It got sweaty um, because you, I mean, you put your pump, you know, either in your pocket or, you know, you attach it to uh, undergarments. Yeah. And you know, if it's, if it's close to the skin, it can, I mean, yeah, it takes on. Oh my God. So someone spilled a drink on you. No, basically, yeah, we think that it's, it was probably just moisture. Oh, I just that like, it's that sensitive that someone spilled a drink sensitive. on you. That could yeah. be a problem. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, so that was malfunctioning, beeping, going crazy, and I had to call the emergency helpline. And then they sent me a pump, a new pump within, um, you know, it was in within a week from the States because that's where it's all managed. I think Texas is where they, Medtronic is. Wow. Texas does something good. That's exciting. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm remembering. I'm, I'm sounding like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I do 90% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I am loving that you and your husband had a medical date because we do this so often where I have all these doctor's Mm -hmm. appointments and he takes a day off and it's like, okay, so we can, the kids aren't here. We can go out for lunch. Is it is something that we absolutely treasure. Um, my, I've heard you talk about your husband before. Yep. And I mean, your husband and my husband, they sound like they have been cut from similar cloth. That you know, it's too bad we're like a a world apart. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. We'll have yeah. We'll we'll have to do a Skype dinner. We really should. Like, or at least you and I need to have Skype dates to, like, at least keep me from being too lonely. <laughs> it's been so yes. great chatting with you on Instagram. Yes. Yes, I know. So for your kids, how have you dealt with this with them? Do they know everything that you deal with? How do you talk to them about this? And has they, it changed as they've gotten older? Oh, boy. I mean, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I remember... After my daughter was born, I mean, even getting through well, pregnancy, two pregnancies. Type one. How did that go? Two pregnancies. Well, I was. That's a generally um, originally why I went onto the pump because that would be giving me more flexibility and more, I guess, um, control. That's a funny word, but um, sense of control over my body when this little being was you know growing inside me um because pregnancy is a basic complete lack of control of your body it's I mean for a person without anything that's right so I mean there was lots of doctor's visits um yeah lots of doctor's visits lots of yeah days off work lots of days in bed um 
Yeah, basically high high elevated sugars because your hormones are just going nuts. That's nice. Sorry. Yeah, going nuts. And I would re- I remember, I mean, saying to my colleagues, like, this baby is going to come out with three heads because I just cannot. My sugars were sitting on, um, well, I think we use a different system here uh, in terms of measurement for blood sugar, but say blood a blood sugar reading um, that my body would feel good with would be somewhere between the number five and the number ten. And my body was like producing like 20s and 25s. So, yeah, I, I thought, what am I doing to this baby? But um, anyway, as it, it turns sounds like out, she did not come out with three heads. She did not. Um, both of the kids, though, strangely, all decided to come early at 33 weeks and five days. They both. <sighs> Start the drama early. Yeah. They both, I couldn't believe with the second when my waters broke and I said to my husband, 33 weeks, five days, here we go again. She's, so both um, of them, 33 weeks and five days. 33 weeks, five days, exactly. Wow. Um, I just could not hold them in any longer. Wow. So, yeah, but they were both born um my daughter so the first one she uh, had to go into intensive care for probably about a month she had uh, respiratory issues because her lungs were you know not fully developed so just being 33 weeks five days um when she was born she sounded like a little lamb she just uh, when they out to me and I put her on my chest she bleated like a little lamb and um and they knew the doctors knew straight then that you know we've got to take her to um you know a specialist center which we have a very good one here in Adelaide so yeah so she was there for uh, about a month and um at that stage yeah she had no feeding reflex she couldn't suckle so we had to um, gavage feed her yep. and teach her how to feed. And, yeah, so that was my, you know. So talk about I, stress that was affecting everything along with the post-pregnancy hormones. You must have been. Yeah. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't nurse. I couldn't breastfeed because there was too much stress. I could. I had no milk. <laughs> Good. So that was a bit that was devastating um, because that was something that I wanted to do and I couldn't. And but I had very good, um, you know, lactation um, midwives that worked through that with me. And yeah, but at, you know, bottom line is I've got these two kids now who are healthy and show no signs of any autoimmunities okay so they Um, don't show any signs of the of diabetes no no I do get asked that a little bit and I think possibly there might be some tests that you can put your kids through Mm -hmm. um but I have not investigated that I have this, like, weird, like, milestone joy when my daughter and my son – well, my son has a little bit of what I have, but not the same exact. But when my daughter passed the age I was when I started to have symptoms with yes. no symptoms, it was, like, a celebration. Yes. It was a yes. weird milestone for them. Did you feel like that when your daughter passed I, 11? I, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's like this breath of and, sigh that you've been holding in for 11 years, and you're like, oh. <laughs> took me back. It really took me back. Um I just I parent with a lot of retrospect as well, and just to like when my daughter was eleven, it just yeah. I mean, it took me back to when I was eleven, and yeah, and I, I was so thankful that she did not have to go through what yeah. I went through. So that was amazing, and you know, if it should happen, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a bitch. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will do, you know, I'll deal with that. I don't I don't think about it. I don't dwell on it. Um I'll deal with that if it if it ever happens. 
I was so scared because just managing my own stuff is such a full, this is like the most expensive and time consuming hobby you can have. And the idea of like, I didn't know if I would have it in me to like put all this into someone else too, to make sure they were doing their exercises, taking their meds, take them to all the doctor's appointments. I was like, I I don't know what I would do. I would, I would implode. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You just hope that it turns out for the best and that the universe has got you back, really. Oh, Um, that's a hope, right? (laughs) I just think, yeah, that's um, definitely, you know, how I I live as well. I just think that we're not presented with anything that we don't have the capacity to handle. You are an optimist. You are a very yeah. good optimist. <laughs> yeah. So for your kids, yeah. did you um, did you always talk about this with them? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting back to that, um, definitely, definitely always talked about diabetes. And it's so cute because when they were younger, they would call it beaties. Oh, that, that's Mommy, adorable. Mummy's <laughs> Mummy, how's your beaties? Oh, my God. That's so That's freaking cute. cute. No, I know. And so they know that um, there is, you know, a part of my body that doesn't work. And, I mean, we have conversations probably yearly. I mean, as they develop, they, you know, talk to me about stuff or, yeah, but basically they know that, yeah, something in my body doesn't work and I need to, uh, you know, watch what I eat, what I drink. They know sometimes mum doesn't feel well. She's got to lie down. Mum gets tired um, more quickly than we would like her to. And then definitely they knew when I got the osteocolitis because, you know, the doctor chucked me in the hospital and then hospital and then we had to have a conversation about now there's another part of mummy that doesn't work and um, <laughs> oh yeah I hear that patient <laughs> you know the medication basket is filling up and <laughs> okay so where do you store your medicines because like I have always tried to find a decent way to store the pharmacy I own <laughs> Oh, it is a mini pharmacy. Um, pretty much just in like a little basket, like a, a plastic basket, not even a wicker basket, just a plastic basket. And I just, you know, keep them all there um, away from sunlight, really. Yeah. And, so how did and, you keep it away from the smalls when they were, t- uh, I call it the age of um, maximum mobility, minimum common sense? Yeah, yeah. Just up high, just in a high cupboard. yeah. Really? Yeah. And so yeah, do they... So I've never had any problems with that. And they understand what's going on and how to help you? Yes, they do. Um, like, I am really stubbornly independent. And if I am... <laughs> oh, I hear like, you. <laughs> I don't... I am getting better with asking for help, but... Um, it has been a big issue that I do not want to burden people. Like I will, if I am, if it's the middle of the night and I wake up with a shaking, sweating, hallucinating hypo, I will drag my wet, soggy ass to the kitchen and I will get the orange juice bottle and I will sit on the floor of the kitchen rather than wake my husband up and say, can you please help me? I will not wake him up. Why would I wake him up? I don't need to wake him up. I'm just going to slide out there, you know, like <laughs> slime from Ghostbusters, slime from Ghostbusters <laughs> and do it. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot in common. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just something that, yeah, like um, I just try to take care of myself. Um, you know, occasionally I would say, you know, can you go and grab my jelly beans, you know, for the, to the kids or – and then they'll go, oh, can I have one? <laughs> yeah, that's 
that's a good I'm way like, to play that. Like, you no, know, props to your my, kids. <laughs> they're for my babies. Give, um, and they're always trying to get in, like, because I have to carry like a little lolly packet around with me in my handbag all the time. Yeah. And you know, when they get hungry or after school, they're like, "Can I, you know, have a jelly baby or something?" And oh, wait a I mean, minute, kids. If I, if I've got a couple to spare, I will, you know, definitely I'll let them have one. But if I've only got, say, five, I, you know, they know mm-hmm. I need to keep them in there. So they are very respectful. That's yeah. good. But um, in terms of um, I try to minimise, um, I guess, them seeing me sick Um, you know, I try to, yeah, I mean, I don't talk in terms of sickness. I, I don't, I don't use the word sick. I don't use the word, um, yeah, like disability. I just, you know, I just say to them, I need to lie down. I'm closing the door. Um, you know, I'm clocking off is another one. I've got a clock off for a little while <laughs> and um, or or I'll say I'm passing over to dad, you know, and then, mm-hmm. then my <laughs> husband, my husband is gorgeous. He's a Leo. And oh, so he is, nice. He, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Now, are you an Aries? No, okay. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. Um, but my husband will ferociously protect that bedroom door so I can get some rest. Um, everything, everything will be turned down in the house and he will make sure that I'm feeling okay and he'll just look after everything. Good guy. So he's amazing. Yeah. So you have your kids doing more chores. I think that, like, us disabled moms have, like, kids who actually – do like self uh self-reliant is what I'm looking for like I think yes. like you're some of self-reliant yes. kids yes so this is something that I I'm working through I'm working through um for my own good and for their own good um which brings in that those other words burnout mm-hmm. which is how I have burned out before um doing too much and then not realising it. And I didn't know I was going through a burnout the first time that my diabetes um, specialist told me I was going through a burnout and I was so offended. I said, don't, I said, I can handle everything. (laughs) I I said, this is something medical. I said, you need to put me on a different insulin. You need to find out what is going. Vanessa, you're burning out. You are burning out. Look at what you are trying to do. You, um, you know, you've got these two kids. You are driving them around to all these different extracurricular events. You um, have published a book. You are working hard to get that book out there. You are working and you are managing, you know, your autoimmune conditions and, you know, you're a wife and everything. That's a lot. It took me probably 24 hours for that to sink in and for it to gel with me. Um, and I was doing too much at home, really. I was doing too much for the kids. I was cleaning up and just doing too much for everybody. And that left no time for, for me, for me to check my sugar, for me to, um, sit down and have a meal, um, instead of eating on the run or not eating at all. So... That really then resonated with me. And do you know what my husband did? What did he do? Um, 
he did something that just, I mean, I burst into tears. It made me cry with relief. Um, he asked me if for a week could he please make the decisions that I had to make on my pump and my calculations, my daily um, calculations of my carbs and my insulin, could he do that for me so then I can have a rest for a week? See, people need to understand that's romance. That is true loving romance. I broke down in tears because I didn't know I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't know it was <laughs> I, because I'm so stubbornly independent. Mm-hmm. How could I even? I didn't even think of that as being anything. And so then I really realised the weight of the decision making that I need to make um, every time I pick up and I put something in my mouth or just, you know, on a daily basis, the, the mental calculations. I mean, my pump does help me a lot, but um, sometimes there is an aftermath or there's not, there's not one day that is a typical day. But so for him to say, rest your mind, Mm. I am going to do this for you. The weight at that point in time off of my shoulders, I can't even explain it. I just can't. It was it was um, profound. That is loving kindness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a burnout. And so then basically what I did was um, – I just, I cut back on everything. I, yeah, I mean, first of all, it was an all or nothing. First of all, I did nothing. I let the house go to shambles, (laughs) Uh, um, uh, you know, because I'm fairly, you know, neat. I mean, I'm definitely not OCD. I know maybe some tendencies, but I'm de- there's, you know, there's no diagnosis. I just like things to be clean and, um, you know, if you've got dinner dishes out, you just chuck, go put them on the sink, you know, those sorts of things. So for a while that wasn't, that wasn't really done. Um, and then we got in the groove of really kids, you're old enough to, you know, just put chores and that has continued to roll out and it's a conversation that we're still having up until this morning. This morning I said to the kids, uh, you guys get the opportunity to make your own lunches today for school. What a nice way to phrase that. <laughs> yeah, see? Um, and they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they heard the opportunity word. <laughs> sell it. Good way to sell it. <laughs> So the kids have gone, they've packed their lunches. My son was not as ambitious as my daughter. Uh, son just packed a, um, a white lunch roll and a muffin. And then I said, where's your fruit? And then he's gone, oh, fruit. And he put an apple in there. My daughter made a beautiful chicken salad. And um, what else? A packet of crisps or a packet of popcorn or something like that. So... Yeah, it's these little things that will help me and help them. So, yeah, it's still a work in progress, my goodness, you know, it's hard. Yeah. So, I know you don't want to touch too much on the depression, but this just sort of ties in a little bit, at least from my side of things. What are your coping mechanisms, not just for depression, but for, I was just thinking of it because of how I met you, which was Instagram. And yes. when I get really depressed, I get lonely. So I do use social media when I get sad to kind of reconnect. Yes. What are some of the things you yes. use for, like, life hacks and for coping? Yeah. Um, okay. So I would – man, you know, it's 
something that you learn about, I guess, all the time. Um, I mean, and I don't, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody else really that has had depression, so I don't know. I guess I can only talk from my perspective, but from my perspective, you know, I will go for years and years of, you know, just being stable mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason, yeah, to have a bad spell, you know, have a bad spell um, and then really have to pick myself up again. And I guess now I sense those warning signs of going into a bad spell and I actively, um, lots of self-talk, I actively try to keep myself out of going further. Okay. And what does that look like for you? Is it self-care, self? So definitely self-care. It's um, self-talk, self-talk hugely. Self-talk, that's definitely underpins the whole thing for me. Um, And what else? Good nutrition, Definitely. Um, just remember you take all my medications, you know, keeping focused because then if another condition goes, flares off or gets worse, then yeah. that's going to affect my mind getting stronger. Um, so, and I read, 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 read mm. and write, write write um so not necessarily write children's books but I will journal I will write how I'm feeling I will write what I desire um and just try to keep the obstacles at bay and just oh I can't say how strong that is for me like just keeping my eye on yeah how I want to feel and not dwelling on, yeah, on that black hole. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to phrase that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing. It's, um, yeah, and then just, so, and then anxiety. I mean, anxiety is so prevalent. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. I think everybody to a greater or lesser degree these days, um, I mean, even my daughter, I... She has been having anxiety since she was in kindergarten. Wow. Um, and that was just through, um, yeah, she, you know, had a bit of social anxiety and just we had long car trips at that stage. She, they were going to another school and there was long drives in the morning in the traffic and, yeah. So, anyway, the conversation, I mean, we took that word is mentioned in our house a lot, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so with me, um, yeah, if my diabetes is stable, then it's pretty good. If my diabetes is not stable, then yeah, it's, it's very anxiety inducing because, you know, you just don't know what you're going to be capable of on a day-to-day basis and um yeah especially still like going out to work and you know being in a retail environment you have to be switched on customer service customer friendly um if your you know sugar is either sitting on 20 or two um yeah I mean I take my blood tester with me if I am uh you know out on the floor I will have a little spot out in the back office where my blood tester is. And if I've got to go and test my sugar to give myself some peace of mind, I'm going to do that and I'm not going to apologise for it. I just go and do it. Yeah. Um, so weird that you would have to apologise for Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Just, well, just apologise for, I guess, not being present. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's something that I've definitely worked through as well, for sure. Um, not being able to be there or to do things when people need me or would like me and I'm just not either emotionally available or physically available. Yeah, I'm so sure what you could, relate. What could people do to make things easier for you or what could – could the healthy world do to make things easier for you to get through? Ooh. Um, gosh, what could they do? Um, stop trying to give me advice. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> do you get that where people are like, you know, if you just wave sage over your body and stopped eating anything remotely, yeah, then you'd be better. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard mm. of this miracle cure? And it usually uh, costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so glad I so heard someone else with that. <laughs> yeah, probably that. And really, you know, and this is the thing about my husband and probably about your husband as well, I'm just normal. Treat me normal. I'm just normal, you know, um, but yeah, I don't know. Just, um, ask questions. Don't be scared to ask questions because demystifying it helps everybody. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, just a lot about, Chronic illness is, yeah, it's just only really starting to get out there and being talked about. Um, I mean, I know in America, as much as Australia, that diabetes type 1 and type 2 especially is just, um, you know, it, it is a big condition out there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's being promoted here in our pharmacies for people to, you know, be tested and have a look at the, um, you know, the symptoms that they could have um, that could lead or their lifestyle choices that could lead to it. Um, so, yeah, and, and obviously there's still a lot of uh, confusion with uh, diabetes between diabetes 1, diabetes 2. You've got um, gestational diabetes as well and, um yeah, I've also just on some of one of my forums that I'm on, somebody was saying that uh, what was somebody saying? They had I, I don't know if it was that person or they knew a person that their the unborn the unborn baby had diabetes. No way. It's a different Never type. Heard that. That's a different type again. Crazy. So, so we've hit an hour, which I could talk to you all day, but I'm going to give you the last question, which is always my favorite. It's crazy. Favorite this has been an hour. I know. You're fun to talk to. Oh, my goodness. So I've got something good to say. You had lots of good stuff to say. <laughs> uh, the last question is, what's your favorite swear word? <gasps> my favorite swear word? Mm-hmm. Swear word. Um... Let's see. Well, because we don't swear a lot in this house, but um, <laughs> I do. Well, because my daughter is a swearing, you know, he, you know, headmistress. She oh. doesn't really, yeah, she doesn't really like the swearing. Um, I'd have to say shit. Mm. Shit. I mean, I, there's a lot of shits dropped, and even um, last night, my my son and I were watching funny cat uh, videos, and um, I just go shit. I mean, shizzles, <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah, mum. <laughs> oh, we know you swear. So yes. Yes, and, yeah, swearing does happen a lot when I'm, you know, either driving or by myself and when I'm looking at my blood sugar meter or... Oh, yeah. yeah. I swear yeah. all the time when I, mean, I look at my it's heart rate. More, then, it's, then it's heavier. Yeah. Passwords. 
Yeah, my yeah. daughter actually knows when I say, oh, fuck, and I'm looking at my heart rate monitor. It's like, okay, mom needs to get to the car now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, it's been so much fun talking to you. I'm so glad I got to put a face to all of our chats. <laughs> I know. This is, it has it has been absolutely wonderful. And, yeah, I, I hope this is not the last one. We can no, talk we will, about. No, we will chat, but we'll do that after. I'm just going to um, stop recording now. But thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you know of anyone who's managing or caring for someone with any of these disorders, please share Invisible Not Broken with them. Next week is another panel discussion with Karis and I, and we're going to be discussing pain management. It's become such a hot button issue, especially with the opioid epidemic that is being said and called. Um, We decided that we would move this to the front of the queue. So please tune in. And if you have another topic for a future panel, please tweet it at us. Until next time. Be kind, be gentle, and be a badass.